The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Okay, just gone five o'clock at the start of another week. Uh, great to have your company. Welcome to Drive with Peter Vlahos. It is AFL review night and uh, we've got one more round of footy remaining and still between positions two and eight, we're just wondering how they will finish and we'll know that basically Sunday night. And then we've got the bye and then we're into the finals. Let's discuss what's going down and we're opening the lines early because we want a bit of feedback on the temperate bedshed text line. 0487-736-736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. You can give us a call now, 13 12 55. Joining me in the SENWA studios, Kim Hagdorn, a very good evening to yeah, you. Yeah, good day, Peter, to you and everyone out there after... Gee, a big weekend of home for footy. I reckon we can say that every week. But uh, even the derby here, I think, created plenty. Um, West Coast to get within 24 points um, was spirited from them. But uh, I think if you really do analyse it closely, and I know this is going to be kicking West Coast again straight away, I thought Fremantle's superior pace and their overall fitness established a a supremacy to take that derby 55 they really were more superior in those areas. West Coast, I think, were spirited and brave and gutsy to make a game of it, mm. to make it a bit feisty. I think they were the ones – I got the impression that they were the sort of aggressors, really, and particularly with this, the uh, J- Jackson-Nelson tag on to uh, Andrew Brayshaw. I, I, you know, to his credit, he went for him, and I think and that's typical derby stuff. Uh, it's typical big game stuff. It's typical, I think, when you've got nothing else to lose, to just mm. let's take it to these big names. And – uh, so and Jackson Nelson, I throw it out there, he may have even, may have even saved his career with that one performance because the team was looking for players to do something. Adam Simpson said to a couple of injured players during the court, you know, not, not seriously injured players, not injured to the extent where they couldn't possibly play, but they were advised to be wise about whether you continue training, whether you continue playing, should we put you in for surgery now or not? And one of these, those has actually gone for his surgery today. We'll come back to that. But I, I felt that West Coast were down and they encouraged a few players to play because their numbers were down. They didn't have enough personnel. They wanted to drop Bailey Williams. Why? I don't know why they didn't leave Jake Waterman out of the team to go and have his surgery last week and play Bailey Williams and make him play a bit forward and help him develop his craft as a forward player as well as a ruckman. I don't know. There are other issues. But even a Jackson Nelson, to take that role, Peter of tagging Andrew Brayshaw, one of the more outstanding players of the competition this season, definitely an All-Australian. If he's not in a starting Mm. uh, 18, he's on the bench. But I thought Fremantle, they just showed again to me, and they could have won by more. Nine goals, 17. I thought their kicking for goal, their finishing was questionable and poor. But what really stood out, and this is a pretty minuscule sort of stat, and it's, it's a little bit of objectivity in my assessment that West Coast are just not a fit team. Fremantle managed some crucial scoring in time on. I know it was only four goals, but it's a, it's, it's a low-scoring game. Darcy, eventual best on ground, 26-minute mark of the first quarter. Brayshaw, 28-minute mark of the first quarter. That's deep into time on. Goals. Akers, 27-minute mark of the second term, the seventh goal from Fremantle in the half. So just before half time, another goal. Logan Akers both had bad misses. They were poor finishes at the 29 and 30 minute mark of the third quarter. And Frederick, his second goal, the last goal of the match at the 27 minute mark of the final term. Am I clutching too much at straws? But 
it just reinforced that's an objectivity at West Coast inability to run games and run quarters out and to not be able to sustain contest and sustain efforts. Nick Nat knew he also shouldn't have played. He mm. wasn't up to it. He was injured. Okay. The big fella looked poor to me. Okay. Now, one people's opinion before you move on from the derby, because there was a big story brewing in Melbourne today regarding the Essendon Bombers. And, of course, we've been on that crusade for weeks and weeks, and we'll come back to that in a moment. But going down the lift at the media centre, a lot of the media scribes then throw around who they voted. The Glendening Allen medalist was Sean Darcy. No doubt an outstanding performance. But there was a lot of talk about the performance of Tom Barras. Now, for mine... He was just unbelievable on Saturday night. I don't think he put a foot wrong all night. He was like the rock of Gibraltar in the last line of defence for the West Coast Eagles. It was an outstanding defensive role. And many thought perhaps he could have even taken off the Glendening Allen medal. Now, I'd like to get our listeners' thoughts on how they best? saw it. Who was your best? So if, you, if you'd done a 3-2-1... To me... To, to help with the voting of the Glendilling Allen medalist, oh. as some media do, uh, representatives oh, get the I found it Who hard to said, separate. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I, you have to give I reckon, one person three I reckon three I would votes. have gone with Barris, actually. There you go. Why? Only because... Well, I know you said he had an outstanding he game. He had but... an outstanding game. He did not make a mistake. His ability to to read the play was outstanding, Hacks. Mm. Every time the ball came into the attacking 50, he was in every const- contest. I've never seen a player do for a long time what he did. His reading of the football was was something to behold, I thought. No, no. He, he's in exceptional form. He's in this exceptional company as such an elite key f- well, fullback. Let, let's not mm. even dis, uh, uh, um, uh, sort of sort of go away from a key defender as opposed to just a fullback. Mm. He has to be the fullback of the year. He has to be an All-Australian fullback. But I, as I said to you on Thursday... Can you believe that last Tuesday, when the All-Australian panel had their, had their last actual meeting of the year, they haven't finalised the team, it's very close, yeah. and I'm, I think they're finding it the most difficult, just about ever, of any of these boys that are on it so long, and some of them have been on it for 20 years, they're finding that this year's All-Australian team the most difficult. But do you know he wasn't to lock Tom Barras for the fullback position? Jacob Weedering? Please. Was ahead of Tom Brass. I've got Tom Brass. I think he has to win West Coast first and best. I've got him as West Coast best player from round 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. He was definitely Fremantle, uh, West Coast best player against Fremantle on Saturday. I even went for Brass as West Coast best player mm. when Kennedy kicked his eight last week. Yeah. So well, I, like I can he, see he, your argument. But he destroyed also a player that was given the 10 coaches' votes the previous week for his four-goal performance against the Western uh, Bulldogs, Rory Lobb. Now, Lobb not wasn't only, fit. Lobb wasn't not, fit, and the conditions helped a yeah. key defense, a full-back on a full forward who wasn't leading up the ground, it, that that helps Tom Barras's game, Peter. Okay. Lob wasn't fit. It was their final game to make a statement, West Coast, uh, in a derby. This week they travelled to Geelong. Yeah, good luck. So they will finish with two wins and 20 losses this yeah. season. And, 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 and four... still a chance to maybe pick up the wooden spoon because North Melbourne take on Gold Coast at Marvel Stadium and the way they're showing a bit of spirit in North mm. Melbourne mm. and the way the Suns have fallen away, you'd think the Kangaroos will probably pick up their third win. Oh, I, I, and I think we discussed that last week as well. Yeah. We, we said we thought North Melbourne would be uh, competitive, very competitive against Adelaide this weekend, just gone. I think they were. They fell away a little bit late in the game. Their 10-14 didn't help. Mm. I know... I know 
know Adelaide kicked 15, 13, but 10, 14. Imagine if that's 14, 10 or 15, 9 or something. They're, they're losing by a matter of points. So there's plenty of spirit, I reckon. I, I think also the return of Ben Cunnington had something to do with that spirit also. Uh, and North Melbourne, you get the impression that some of the blokes that have had just horror years because they just they, they detested David Noble. No matter what Noble says or what some of the coverage has come from the club about good player relations, they detested David Noble. So you just wonder now with the, the hype around about Alistair Clarkson, possibly, oh, the jobs Clarkos if he takes it. Alistair Clarkson ringing players and player agents, as we mentioned last Thursday, Peter, saying to people, don't commit until I've made my decision. I'll, you'll either be pl- coaching or playing with me, or you, I might take you where I might go. Now, the Cameron Zerha one is a classic. He's looked invigorated because he's either staying at North Melbourne under Alistair Clarkson or probably going to Essendon under Alistair Clarkson. So I think that presence has perhaps lifted a bit of a weight off the shoulders of the North Melbourne boys. And absolutely, I think they can beat Gold Coast on the weekend. Won't be an easy round of fixtures this week, you know, when you look at so like you look at even uh, uh, the showdown in Adelaide. Mm. Uh, Port, very impressive yesterday, but it was only Essendon. Essendon and Richmond, do they give a yelp now that they see their coach on, the, on his way out the door? Uh, and some of the other games, Hawthorne Bulldogs. Hawthorne weren't great, but the Bulldogs just have to win and have healthy percentage out of that. It's, it's down in Launceston as yeah, well. Yeah, so there's lots lots about this week. It'll be a tough week, for, for uh, I think, for tipsters. Uh, and even the GWS, they'll take it to Fremantle. And Fremantle probably have to rest Rory Lobb. They're not going to bring back Matthew Tabiner. Yeah, I'm not sure. And you know the other big story? The, I think this is just about the biggest story in Western Australia this week is going to be the lead-up to teams on Thursday relating to Nathan Fife. Does Fife play the last home and away game against Western Sydney? I, I seriously believe that the, it'll be a massive story. It's a whopping development story this week on what Fremantle will do with Nathan Fife. Does he play and play an amount of game, then have the week off and load and then play the first final, or do they hold him back and play the first final only? Tabiner can't come back in. He plays the first final at best. Mm. Lobb has to miss this week. He was he was looked like a bloke who'd been shot in the shoulder again late in that game. And I think from even first quarter, you were seeing signs where gee, the, I'm not so sure that the but why uh, the did they keep him out there for? I, well, would've, I, would've, I think direction. I think direct. Plus, they'd gone. They didn't have an alternative to Dar- Darcy. Who else could have rucked? Lowe could have, I suppose. Mm. So I tell you, who was really poor. And I thought where Sean Darcy absolutely. Locked away his best on ground was every time he was opposed to Hugh Dixon. Yeah, that that was a nonsense. Yeah, and and that's where I often thought I looked and thought, well, okay, oh, he's just dominating here. Not only the the taps, but he was moving around the ground and getting a possession. Well, he was getting getting a clean catch. possession. A couple of times he snapped it onto his but left. Mostly and... that was when he was on Hugh Dixon. But Nick Nat knew he was shot. He wasn't healthy. And, and I don't think he offered enough resistance to Sean Darcy either. Okay, get on the temperate bedshed text line. We've got a couple coming through already. 0487 736 Lisa's joined us, as she normally does on a Monday, to give us her thoughts on uh, the round that's just gone. Hey, Lisa, how are you going? Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Hello, Good Lisa. Thanks. I agree with um, most of what you guys are saying. Oh. Um, and just um, a bit of mail. Um, I'm hearing that um, Fife will be playing against GWS mm-hmm. and he will he will go and play in the waffle the week after. Oh wow. Okay, man. I not so mm. sure I That's interesting. You heard that I heard that this morning. Okay. Okay. So I don't know how, how true it is, but anyway. Um yeah, I um, great great derby. I really I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um the Eagles needed 
to bring that intensity and physicality, um, you know, right from the right from the first bounce. Um, and as you said, Peter, about um, Barras and that, I think he was best on ground. Um, Shannon Hearn, Duggan, um, Edwards, and and El- Nelson. You know, I thought he did a fantastic job on on um, Brayshaw again. Mm, mm. And um, you know, and and with that melee that went on, I, I don't think those boys should be fined. You know, there, there's nothing. You know, there, there wasn't any punching or or biffing. They were just you know good old arm wrestle. And and I don't think any of these fines. I think they should go away. Come on, Lisa. And Come on, Lisa. St- st- step into the real world of the AFL 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, no, you can you can give away a 50, you can give away a 50 meter penalty for looking at an umpire with raised eyebrows yeah. as if to say, can you? Yeah, I know, I know. And bring, bring back bring back the old days. I reckon. <laughs> what about the 100 meter penalty? I will tell you what, um, umpire yeah. Nichols was having a great time on the weekend for a period. He gave away a 100 meter penalty, then he gave that, a 50 meter was... penalty. Oh, that was crazy. Funny. And and just and, and on Rory Lobb too, he should have been taken off in the third quarter. Like he, he was he was getting out there like a like a busted wing um yeah, you know I agree. B- I, I was, I was f- and and look at, and you could even see that he was even backing out of contests. Like yeah. he, he was that he, he was that he was he was just really, really sore. Especially and, with um, just before you go on, especially with what or who Fremantle had as their medical sub. As their sub I reckon Banfield could have played even more effectively than Rory Lobb mm. for, as uh, coming from the goal square as a full forward lead up. Yeah. Logue, I thought Logue was okay again. Yeah. You know, he, mm. he's proving to be he's Fremantle's most versatile player. Uh, could play as a as a, a tall defender, small defender, or he could play on a tall opponent, smaller opponent. He could play as a forward. He's pinch hitting in the ruck. He's been exceptional. So you could easily have gotten away with. Get Lob off the ground. He's not right. Bring him off. The the the, the painkiller hasn't worked in the shoulder. He's he's carrying it. Get him off. I, I even thought that through the first quarter, to be mm. honest, with Banfield on the bench. All right, Lisa. Anything else before we let you go? And again, uh, yeah, thanks just, for calling. Just quickly, just quickly too. Um, I reckon the Eagles straight away. They they need an experienced ruckman, and they should be targeting Lloyd Meek. And I reckon they should go after Banfield and try and get Sam Pelpepper home. Good on you, Lise. Thanks for that. Well, three good names. Pal Pepper suits what I think West Coast need. They I can't. Need I can't believe. The... I can't believe he ended up at Port Adelaide. He's right under the Eagles' uh, watch yeah, at well, East Perth when they were the uh, aligned club. So and the they old, let him the go. Old, the old expression about uh, like he was in your backyard. He was in their front yard, opening exactly. their front gate. Exactly. Um, but he's contracted for one more year, and I suspect that perhaps that would be a drawback. Also. You know, he's he's playing such good footy with them, but he's the type of player, or even find out. I wonder what West Coast are doing. This is going to be the most important next couple of months, of of certainly for many dec- mm. for a couple of decades at least. Two thousand two thousand and one, when they were rebuilding, it was at the back of a long run under Mick Malthouse. You know, had McKenna and Kemp have to retire, Matera have to retire, so lots went on. But this is critical now to get the draft right and get a player. At probably pick number one in that preseason draft, find out if Pal Pepper's interested. Mm. All right, Haggers, think about this as we go to the break. Good day, Pete and Haggers. I was giving a bit of thought to who the Eagles should be targeting in the draft as an uncontracted player. Any thoughts? Question mark. That's Robbo up there in Brisbane, listening on the SENWA app. We'll answer that after the break. Come and join us here on the AFL Review here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. Whether you're listening on six five seven SEN, uh, also SEN Spirit six twenty one in. Bunbury in the southwest, SEN Peel on DAB Plus, SEN Cal sixteen eleven, or on the SENWA app as Robbo is. It's a quarter past five.